tragedy this weekend in Midtown Manhattan as uh, Miss USA decided, it seems, to commit suicide based on what is the initial report. Chess or Ches Chesley? Chesley or Kelsley? Uh, Kirst. Uh, Chesley Kirst. Um, well, let's let's have the computer read her name. I don't want to mispronounce it too badly. Uh, you know, in 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 in, in uh, her memory. So let's just uh, um, Miss USA Chesley Chris suicide scene and horror video as witnesses share shock after fall from sixty story building. So she jumped allegedly from the 30th floor where she fell to her death, according to the reports that are coming out all over. Uh, she was 2019, the Miss USA uh, champ, uh, or winner rather. Um, and uh, there is some, you know, um, she lived on the ninth floor of the building. Now, what exactly uh, she was doing on a 30th floor balcony is unclear. Uh, police responded to the scene, and uh, a blue tent, of course, was put up near where she is reported to have fallen um, or, or impacted, rather, with the ground, according to photos in the area in, in Midtown. Um, it is, of course, tragic and sad. Uh, she apparently had been dealing with a number of issues. Uh, you know, being a beauty queen is uh, is not easy. And as uh, a lot of people are saying, obviously, um, this was a rather uh, horrific scene for, for many people in that part of Manhattan where, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the impact took place. Uh, surveillance video uh shows the exact point of impact um the body was uh uh in the middle of the sidewalk and uh towards the curb and uh, a lot of people say they didn't know what had happened they they'd initially thought that she had been struck by a vehicle um and uh said that uh, the impact uh, was sounded more like someone being hit by a car rather than someone falling, um, you know, from, from afar. Uh, following her death, a statement from her family uh, said they are devastated and uh, they uh, obviously are, are wondering, uh, you know, what led her to that. She had, had been known for uh, beauty and strength. Um, and uh, she had shined for that brief period from 2019 to, to last year. Um, and, uh, you know, she, she had been an attorney, obviously. Uh, her uh, uh, post on Instagram, um, she herself captioned, said that uh, she had hoped that they would bring her rest in peace um it is unclear what exactly uh the the uh reason given uh for her suicide and uh officials at the miss america pageant 
say they are heartbroken to hear uh, about the passing of uh, Miss Kirst and uh, that the Miss USA pageant of sports is, is something that, uh, um, you know, they, they have, they have been uh, um, dealing with the, the stress of, of many of these people. And, uh, you know, uh, Kirst wrote an essay, which was kind of almost like a suicide note saying that turning 30 felt to her like a cold reminder that she was running out of time um, in society's eyes. And uh, that to her, it was infuriating because as she got older, people, I guess, were not minding her as much. Uh, you know, these, these are a lot of different things that, uh, you know, it's, it's easy to say, well, you know, that's, that's a, the price of a celebrity um that that you know once you're no longer uh the uh winner of a pageant or a contest um you know they, they probably need to think about doing some kind of counseling for for young people uh like that and uh, obviously you know um she had started rather late in uh in in the in the pageant world as it were and uh this was something that uh i guess uh you know she didn't expect uh, we uh express our condolences to her family yeah. and those there uh you know and uh of course that is something uh sad to hear that little audio piece that came out had nothing to do with that that was just a little something that popped in from out of nowhere and i'll probably just delete that little yeah that that came in that's all for me for now and we'll be back with more right here on mike of new york as we come up with our monday and the january podcast <laughs> So Joe Biden had his uh, National Governors Association meetup, you know, uh, with the president and uh, said the United States must move from the pandemic and that keeping uh, anyone from removing their masks was, uh, was something wrong. But to make sure that all the governors kept their masks on, they only served water to Joe Biden. Yes. Hey. Folks, that's it. That's America for you right now. The 79-year-old weird guy in the office of president is not weird because he's 79 years old. There's a lot of 79-year-olds out there who are smart, sharp, and capable of doing a wonderful job, probably. Just as there are many nine-year-olds who are capable. Unfortunately, this guy is a managed creation, a puppet. And that is basically what everybody keeps saying about old Smokey Joe. You know, it's all smoke and mirrors. Now, another smoke and mirrors character is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She has an idea that big business is the sole problem with the real issue of inflation. Now, AOC says inflation is being caused by price gouging by corporations and nothing else. Not because her legislation and her policies and that of wacko, weirdo, 
commie, <laughs> whatever you want to call him, Bernie Sanders, the Soviet socialist. You know, I mean, when, when I call Bernie Sanders a Soviet socialist, I want to tell you, it's not because I think of him as a senator from Vermont. It's because I think of a guy who on his honeymoon, for I think the third wife, I think he beat the first two, or, or they escaped the first two, oh, whatever. But anyway, on his third wife, he went for a honeymoon in the Soviet Union and said he enjoyed communism so much. And this was a time in the Soviet Union when Leonard Brezhnev had just been discussing about the openness of all those millions of people who had starved to death because of poor policies of Stalin and Lenin and how bad the Soviet Union's centrally planned economies were the primary reason for the failure of society because it caused runaway inflation. It caused mismanagement. It left empty shelves. It left pretty much what we're seeing now in many places throughout New York City and in many stores across the country. Uh, there is even fears of food shortages coming, primarily because of this. But anyway, AOC has uh, has uh, that to say, and you know, uh, her point of view, of course, is not shared by guys like uh, Steve Forbes, who had this to say on AOC's uh, comments and that of the socialist as to what the real reason for inflation is on your student debts, but we'll leave that aside for the moment and go to her point. No, there isn't price gouging. You may find certain instances of it, but anytime you have inflation, they always look for scapegoats. I've mentioned the, the Christians in the Roman times. They blame the Christians. They blame witches during medieval times. Now they blame evil and price gouging corporations. No, it's bad government policy, whether it's the disastrous way they handled supply chains, printing too much money, spending too much money, those were inflicted by the government, not by businesses. The strange and you know, uh, Stuart Barney there cutting in. Let, let's let Stuart talk a little bit. The thing is that the squad and the far left members of the House, of the Democrats, their seats are safe. They don't lose this year. It's the moderates who are going to lose this year, and it's because of the far left. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen here, but it's not a good situation when the far left keeps winning and the, the moderates lose, uh, hands down. I think the Republicans are going to win hands down in, in November. Well, the Republicans are going to do very well in November if they don't find a way to blow it, which the parties have unfortunately had a tendency to do in the past. They should stick to positive issues and constructive criticism. But the far left, they're, they're the activists in the Democratic Party. That's why Chuck Schumer is doing what he's doing. He's fearful of a primary from uh, Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez. And so they get these crazy policies. Now they're going to try to get the poor Joe Manchin to go along with some other spending scheme in the next few weeks. They want to get something done. They want to get some new entitlements enacted. But again, the American people are not with it. The American people want calm. They want the economy to have a chance to heal. And they want to get rid of these crazy mask and vaccine mandates and let people, as you say, learn to live with the COVID-19 and the experience and get back to normal. We can do it. We've done it in the past. Steve. So, you know, that was, of course, Steve Forbes uh, speaking on uh, Stuart Varney a little while ago on Fox Business. And, of course, you know, all his issues uh, primarily focused on the reacting to how the uh, socialist communists uh, in the United States Congress, led by AOC, are blaming big business 
for the problems uh, with the supply chain, primarily caused by government policy that specifically directed changes in what kind of trucks can pick up items at a port in California. You want to know why the supply chain is backed up from here to eternity? It's because the changes in uh, green greed legislation that said, oh, you got to have all electric trucks, but the trucks weren't made yet. So you see how, how silly that is? It's, you know, the, 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 the trucks aren't there yet. They, they, they don't have 18-wheel tractor-trailer trucks that are all electric that can handle the volume. But because guys like Gavin Newsom and uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi, his aunt, and all these other California congressmen wanted to make sure that, oh, you know, we're not going to be uh, primaried by uh, uh, by the commie cartels, uh, by the greed green deals and, and the green meanies out there, uh, that, that they would survive it. But at the end of the day, it did not happen. It was, uh, it was uh, you know, uh, something that, that was completely unexpected. And, uh, you know, it, it, it just uh, took them by surprise. But it shouldn't have been a surprise because at the end of the day, what did it all mean? All it meant was that you had people coming out of the woodwork and just saying plain and simple that, uh, you know, there, there, there would be no, um, you know, uh supplies when the chain is broken because the links in that chain meaning the trucks and the vehicles and the people moving them couldn't arrive because there were just not the right equipment left in store and that was the primary reason that you saw the supply chain problems another reason was fuel costs are is another major problem with inflation guess what if it costs more money for people to go to work or goods to be transported from one place to another because fuel prices rise by 300% across the board of the United States, 200% on average in most states, up to 350% in states like California and others. Uh, you know, uh, this, this was something that no one... Um, uh, was was able to uh, not see coming when when you raise the price of gasoline from a dollar thirty nine to four fifty. Uh, there's going to be an increase in the cost of everything down the line, and these are the other things: basic law of supply and demand. If supply is short, demand will be higher. Demand meaning higher, meaning that prices will go up, and that is about what exactly most people would know. Now, of course, people throughout the United States were taken aback, they said, by, by some comments that came out, uh, you know, um, from, from a um, um, uh, President Donald Trump getting together on the weekend with some of his supporters and uh, discussing issues, including things like, you know, would, would he be considering um, you know, uh, pardons and, and other uh, uh, probable changes to what was happening with, uh, with what had happened to, to those people who had, you know, come forward uh, and, and tried to bring out topics 
um, you know, with, with, with regard to his, uh, uh, you know, uh, taking things out as, as far as things, uh, as far as things, uh, um, you know, come up and come forward. So, you know, what exactly is, is this all about? What exactly is, uh, has been seen by all this? Um, you know, uh, we really don't know, um, what exactly is going to happen as far as supply chains are concerned. But if you right now can stock up a little bit, if you have a, you know, you have, you have a freezer and you can stock up a little bit on, uh, on frozen foods or you don't mind uh, getting frozen vegetables and, and stocking up on it, it might be good to at least have two weeks food supply on hand just in case because of this supply chain issue. Does that mean buying uh, things that uh, you normally wouldn't have? Like, let's say uh, you, you, you want to buy some uh, hash browns or you want to buy some... Um, uh, uh, frozen chicken or other items that you normally wouldn't stock up on that much, but you might want a little bit more, uh, you know, chicken patties or, or, uh, chicken nuggets or, or burger patties or, or other things ready and stocked up just in case, you know, an extra week supply of food at home wouldn't hurt at this point, considering that is the next item that they think um would be critical in the weeks ahead so you know uh to to uh to look at it over the weekend what they're talking about it's just something that needs to be discussed and uh what exactly uh has to come up it has to be talked about uh, because, as, as they say, as we get closer and closer to what is going on, then uh, you, you're, you're going you're gonna to be looking as things come closer um, towards, towards the election season, whether it's the midterms, whether it's uh, other polls that are coming up in different states you are going to see more and more and more people, uh, you know, uh, reacting, getting angry, and things coming up. Uh, as a lot of people look at this entire, uh, you know, situation. Uh, there's a lot to be said, you know. There's a lot to be said. Uh, there, there was a, uh, uh, save America rally took place this weekend, uh, a couple of them in Ohio and in Texas, and they talked about different things. They talked about the need to, uh, you know, the need to discuss much of, uh, of what is, uh, is, is happening today. And, uh, you know, why all of these things are, you know, things that, that need to be 
um, focused on when you're dealing with all the issues at hand. Now, we did say, you know, the Save America rally was a topic we're going to be talking about. So let's listen to uh, President Trump from Conroe, Texas, and what he had to say over the weekend. Just a few snippets of it as we go on with our podcast from Monday today, this evening in New York City. And what exactly was the big topic? Americans killed. When Biden's watch last year, Border Patrol saw a 350% increase in criminal aliens breaking across our border, including 1,900% more murders. 1,900%. In the sanctuary state of New York, Three savage illegal alien MS-13 gang member killers were charged last year with beating a 31-year-old mother with a baseball bat, hacking her to pieces with a machete and stuffing her body into the trunk of a car. Three months ago, an illegal alien with a prior criminal record violently carjacked a woman at a gas station in suburban Kentucky shot her 16-year-old son who was in the car and went on a two-week-long crime spree of brutal carjackings and armed robbery, hurting many people right now in hospitals all over that great state. In Beverly Hills, California, the crime is so bad that rich people leave their car trunks open so the vandals and thieves won't destroy their cars when robbing them. Think of that. That's Beverly Hills. A lot of money in Beverly Hills, right? They're not so happy. You know, people have asked me and they said, would you do it? And I said, I'll do it. I have to find it, but I'm going to do it. But it's nice to have a memory where you don't really have to read it. But let's read it anyway. Let's read it anyway. They wanted to hear the snake. I haven't done that in a while. Does anybody know what that is? And this, as you know, has to do with immigration. Do you want me to do it? So this has to do really with immigration. And it's a very serious problem for our country. We have many serious problems. We're in the losing end of every single problem. The snake. On her way to work one morning, down the path along the lake, A tender-hearted woman saw a poor, half-frozen snake. His pretty colored skin had been all frosted with the dew. Poor thing, she cried, I'll take you in, and I'll take care of you. Take me in, oh tender woman, take me in, for heaven's sake. Take me in, oh tender woman, sighed the vicious snake. She wrapped him up all cozy in a comforter of silk and laid him by her fireside with some honey and some milk. She hurried home from work that night, and soon as she arrived, she found that pretty snake she'd taken in had been fully revived. Take me in, O tender woman, take me in for heaven's sake. Take me in, O tender woman, sighed that vicious snake. She clutched him to her bosom. You're so beautiful, she cried. 
But if I didn't bring you in by now, you truly would have died. She stroked his pretty skin again and kissed and held him tight. But instead of saying, thank you, ma'am, the snake gave her a vicious bite. Take me in, O oh tender woman. Take me in for heaven's sake. Take me in, O oh tender woman, sighed the vicious snake. I saved you, cried the woman. And you've bitten me, but why? You know your bite is poisonous, and now I'm going to die. Shut up, silly woman, said the reptile with a grin. You knew damn well I was a snake before you took me in. And that's what's happening to the United States of America with immigration. I think it's pretty accurate. Do you agree? I think it's pretty accurate. It's pretty accurate. Pretty accurate. You know, pretty much uh, that was uh, about five years ago, six years ago. I actually put together a little video on that and put it out there and uh, discussed the the whole thing about, you know, the snake and all that. It was was an interesting topic. I actually used it for a video that aired in another country. I'll look for that and air it again. But yeah, Donald Trump talking again about the snake, about the problem with uh, criminal gangs coming in to the country and causing problems. And of course, the perils of the snake have not changed. I'm Mike of New York. And this has been another one of our podcasts. Save America. Fight. And do what's right. God bless you. God bless the United States. God bless us all. Have a wonderful evening. If I run and if I win, we will treat those people from January 6th fairly. We will treat them fairly. And if it requires pardons, we will give them pardons because they are being treated so unfairly. This hasn't happened to all of the other atrocities that took place recently. Nothing like this has happened. What that unselect committee is doing and what the people are doing that are running those prisons, it's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. We will treat them fairly, and we will take care of the people of this country, all of the people of this country. Well, you have to remember that uh, when Donald Trump was a few months back president of the United States, a year or so, 
ago, Lindsey Graham was one of his biggest supporters and one of the people who was out there fighting for it. Well, now that Donald Trump, of course, is no longer president of the United States, Lindsey Graham thinks, maybe I want the job, you know, or something like that. Hey, he's a Republican. Hey, he's a senator. Hey, you know, you, who knows what he's thinking? But uh, he basically, uh, at, at, you know, on January 6th, this is what he said about Donald Trump. Uh, Trump and I, we've had a hell of a journey. I hate it being this way. Oh, my God, I hate it. My point of view, he's been a consequential brother. But today, first thing you'll see. All I can say is uh, count me out. Enough is enough. I tried to be helpful. But when this Wisconsin Supreme Court ruled four to three that they didn't violate the Supreme, uh, the Constitution of Wisconsin, I agree with the three, but I accept the four. If Al Gore can accept five, four, he's not president. I can accept Wisconsin four to three. Pennsylvania, it went to the Second Circuit. So much for all the judges being in Trump's pocket. They said, no, you're wrong. I accept the Pennsylvania Second Circuit that Trump's lawsuit wasn't wasn't right. Georgia, they said the Secretary of State took the law in his own hands. He changed the election laws unlawfully. A federal judge said, no, I accept the federal judge, even though I don't agree with it. See, so basically what what, what happened in that instance, if, if you know, you, you want to go, what is a popular culture reference that is similar to like, let's say what, what Lindsey Graham was, was talking about there, you know, what is the, uh, what, what would be something, the equivalent of what Lindsey Graham did when he stood up in Congress? And, and and said and, and did those things. Well, the the equivalent of that would have been uh, like in the movie Cool Hand Luke, you know, <laughs> when Steve McQueen was getting uh, this done to him, you know, chains put around his legs, getting let out to a chain gang. You're going to get used to wearing it. Yeah, this is basically what, what it was all about. So, so, so this is what Lindsey Graham was saying. <laughs> so that's basically Lindsey right there. You never stop listening to them clinking. They're going to remind you what I've been saying. Yeah, you see, and Lindsey Graham did it again. When he talked about the possibility of pardoning some of the people who were wrongfully imprisoned in January 6th, he, Donald Trump is not the only person who's been saying that there have been people who've been wrongfully imprisoned. Even the American Civil Liberties Union, you know, as liberal and as left of center as they are, have basically said that some laws were violated in some of the people who were arrested on January 6th. Some people were arrested by federal agencies in one of the largest criminal investigations in the history of the United States larger even than the amount of prosecutions that took place during 9-11 or after December 7th. Can you imagine? That is how ridiculous the level of federal action was after this. They arrested or put under detention or put under surveillance more people uh, after January 6th than they did directly after 9-11. Think about it. 3,000 people died in 9-11. There were attacks in many parts of the United States. One person tragically died because a police officer decided to shoot through a broken glass 
at a woman who was peeking through a, a broken door. That's the only person who died on, on January 6th. The real anger there was Nancy Pelosi. The real anger there were members of the Senate. The real anger there were people who reacted negatively to it. Anyway, Lindsey Graham is all up and, you know, his panties are in a knot again. And that's what he's talking about. <laughs> cool Hand Luke had a way of putting it in that movie back uh, back in the day, you know, when uh, when, when uh, Steve McQueen was asked that. You should stop being so good to me, Gabby. <laughs> what do you say? You never stop listening to them clinking. Mm-hmm. Hear that? They're gonna remind you of what I've been saying. Yeah, that's Lindsay again. You don't do it. You should stop being so good to me, Gabby. Yeah, that's what they think of us. We gotta stop being you ever talk that way to me. <laughs> that really sounds like Lindsey Graham right there, right? You know, right there, except for the whip part. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Yeah. <laughs> and that's basically what Lindsey Graham was saying. You know, some court cases didn't go the way the Democrats wanted it to. Some court cases didn't go the way things were supposed to be. And therefore, it's a failure to communicate. And therefore... Some man you just can't reach. So you get what we had here last week, which is the way he wants it. Well, he gets. And that's basically it. Uh, essentially, in a nutshell. <laughs> you know, of course, dramatized a bit, but basically, yeah, that's what Lindsay wants to talk about. He does not want to hear, or, or many of the Republican Party do not want to hear about the possibility that, you know what, law enforcement could have made a mistake. You know what, people were wrongfully put behind bars and it's really sad it's really sad you know uh it's it's just you're, you're wondering what what is he thinking you know why do they think that way well that's something for another topic of mike of new york <laughs> trust me as the elections come closer and things come near you know what we'll listen and see and, and find out exactly what they're going to be talking about and what, what it all means what it is, what it was, what it's going to be, and uh, Many times we'll hear. Many state has been the problem. I love it. That's where I want to die, but no time soon. So, you know, it, uh, you, you, you try and figure out uh, what exactly Lindsey Graham has been saying. And uh, I'm trying to find the pardon portion here he was he was reacting to uh statements of january 6th pardons and uh you know that there might be some pardons on on january um january 6th we try and look it up strangely enough why is it we can't seem to find it anymore why is it many times it all seems to it all it all it all seems to drop off the face of the earth and you know it it is it is something that people are have have grown upset about and what exactly it's all about 
because that is an issue that some people just don't want to hear about. And, uh, you know, Lindsey Graham, of course, promised to name a black woman to replace Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer. Contenders include Ketanji Brown Jackson of Washington, D.C., Leandra Kruger of California and Michelle Childs of South Carolina. So, you know, this this is the big thing as far as uh, the, um, you know, uh, the Democrats are, are concerned right now. Of course, it is there is one um, person leaving the bench on the Supreme Court who is a liberal. And naturally, the president is going to appoint someone in that same fold. Uh, but he, of course, has decided to become completely sexist and racist about it. He's choosing only a black woman. You know, he's not going to, he's not going to appoint anybody else on the basis of merit. It is all on the basis of race and gender, but that's how the Democrats do things. And what can you expect? Politicians to recruit women and people of color to make the party look more like America. Affirmative action is picking somebody not as well qualified for past wrongs. Michelle uh, Childs is incredibly qualified. There's no, affirmative action component if you pick her. She is highly qualified. And President Reagan said, running for office, that he wanted to put the first female mm -hmm. on the court. Whether you like it or not, Joe Biden said, I'm going to pick an African-American woman to serve on the Supreme Court. I believe there are plenty of qualified African-American women, conservative and liberal, that could go on to the court. So I don't concede that, I don't see Michelle Childs as an act of affirmative action. I do see putting a black woman on the court making the court more like America in the history of our country. We've only had uh, five women serve mm -hmm. and two African-American men. So let's make the court more like America, but qualifications have to be the, the, the biggest consideration. And as to Michelle Childs, I think she's yeah. qualified. Uh, Lay so, now to the Ukraine, more economic uh, assistance to the government now. And yeah. I think there's bipartisan support to reinforce NATO. Okay, well, certification of our election. Last night, President Trump at a rally said this. If I run and if I win, we will treat those people from January 6th fairly. And if it requires pardons, we will give them pardons because they are being treated so unfairly. Pardons? Do you agree? Uh, no, I don't want to send any signal uh, that it was okay to defile the Capitol. There are other groups with causes that may want to go down the violent path if these people get pardoned. But isn't it a like dangerous thing to say? Harris. Yeah, well, I think it's inappropriate. I, I don't want to reinforce that defiling the Capitol was okay. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do anything that would make this more likely in the future. And just let me finish my thought here. When Kamala Harris and her uh associates and the people that work for her her staffers raise money to bail out the rioters who uh hit cops in the head and burned down stores i didn't like that either so i don't want to do anything from raising bail to pardoning people who take the law in their own hands because it will make more violence more likely i want to deter people who did what the, on yes. january the 6th and those who did it i hope they go to jail and get the book thrown at them because they deserve it well, you know, basically that that exactly, you know, we took us a while there. We we hopped around because we wanted to show just exactly how Lindsey Graham is basically bent over backwards and 
you know, uh, doing what he can to kiss his own ass to make sure that he gets what he can from the Democratic administration in, in power. And his attitude on any possibility that anybody was wrongfully treated on January 6th, he has to shut up about it. Because otherwise, he's not going to be invited back to CBS News, or he's not going to get a chance to, you know, get, get free tickets to the Super Bowl, or, you know, maybe get those nice Hollywood premiere seats that he and his... Uh, his spouse seemed to like and all that. But, you know, you know what, what can you say? I mean, Lindsey Graham is Lindsey Graham. He is what he is. And, you know, he's not Ted Cruz. He's not a man with a lot of backbone. He did stand up for for uh, Justice Kavanaugh when things were going rough for Justice Kavanaugh. But that was because Trump was president at the time and they had a majority in the Senate. And they also had a majority uh, in the House. But that majority is weakened when you have some who are doing what they can to help more others. And that's it for me for now. For night. Ta-ta. See you again soon. Coming up, next episode. Hey, take a look. As you know, uh, on the 2nd of February, there is going to be a large uh, funeral for a uh, New York police officer who was brutally killed by a gunman during a domestic dispute. We're going to go into it. We're going to talk about Tata uh, Rivera, otherwise known as uh, Jason Tata Rivera, uh, detective first grade, who was promoted posthumously by New York City's police commissioner and his death. We're going to get some reactions from uh, his family as to what it all meant to them. The, the, the funeral and the outpouring of grief that came out, and also the reaction of some of the woke who went broke. And the most unlucky shoplifter in the history of New York City. Yes, believe it or not, on the day of the funeral, last Friday, I believe that would have been the 28th or the 27th of January. I believe it was the 27th of January. Um, thousands of police officers over 25,000 police officers were out at St. Patrick's Cathedral. One of the people who was seen as probably the most unlucky shoplifter in the history of New York decided to try and smash and grab some items from Saks Fifth Avenue with over 25,000 police officers in front of the store. That story. When we come back. I'm Mike of New York. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your life. Hey. Enjoy.